Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father God, you are so wonderfully good. and We are grateful that although we do not fully understand you, you fully understand us. And you welcome us, invite us onto such a wonderful, deep journey, walk, friendship with you. And I just want to start today by saying thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for who you are. The truth is, God, I, I know very little about you in light of how, <laughs> who you are. Because you are beyond human comprehension. The little bit I know, Lord, I love. And God, I thank you that you invite us onto deeper and deeper and deeper levels of revelation of who you are. And God, we ask in this place today that you will reveal truth to us. You are truth. Lord, truth firstly is who you are, not what you say. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the truth, I am the truth. No, the truth, the truth will set you free. It's Jesus. But it's also the heart of God. So, Father, let there be an open heaven in this place. We thank you. We praise you. We are leaning in. We are hungry, almighty God. Spirit, have your way. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks. Praise God. Such a joy, privilege to be back with you guys. Uh, it's just like, uh, it's like we just, we don't visit you guys. We, we just come home once or twice a year. And then we go and visit other people and we just come home once or twice a year and hang with you guys. Sally and I love you guys dearly. We really, really do. Uh, if you're new here, Sally and I love you dearly. We haven't met you, but we love you. If you have been here many times, uh, uh, actually, I'm the one that's here many times. You guys, you know, live here. And, uh, but uh, we just really love walking this life with you. And it's such a joy to walk life with people that are on the same page. And the page is not perfection. The page is focus. We want God. We want the things of God. We want to know God. We want to do His will. Not us, but you, God. I, I really think there's something special here in this church. If you're visiting... Let me tell you, there's something special in this church. We go to churches all around the world. That's what we do full-time. There's something special in this house. Do not miss what God is doing because it's just them on your left or it's just them on your right. God Almighty can speak through donkeys, which is just as well because sometimes that's what I feel like. But God can speak through anyone and we often miss what God is saying because it's just them. It was happened when Jesus walked the earth. They missed who he was because he's just Joseph and Mary's son. He's just the carpenter. If it happened with God Almighty, it can happen with us. I 
fully believe that we miss what God is saying so much because it comes in a form and a package in a way that we are not expecting. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. He is speaking, are you listening? He is speaking, am I listening? And so today, in these next three or four days that we've got together before we fly back this afternoon, with God all things are possible. Where is your faith? Come on. You know, God created the sun and the moon that govern the times and the seasons, actually, they make time, the sun and the moon and the rotation. He made them on day four, and he had already had three days. So don't tell me it can't happen. Did you hear what I said? Don't ever say it's impossible. If God can create time before he created what he needs to have time, I just enjoyed that. I just went over as many of your heads and go, what? What did he just say? Just receive it, spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. Read your Bible. It's in there. Genesis 1. <laughs> but I, I, just, I just want to download truth. I'm pretty relaxed right now. So if you don't like that sort of relaxed feel, um, get over yourself. I'm relaxed. It's all good. It's wonderful. And, but we're hanging together. And I, I, I don't want to preach as far as I just want to more just share the heart of Father for us. Is that okay? And I don't want to talk about what uh, God wants you to do. I want to talk about how God wants you to live. Because many times we're so focused on what God wants us to do that we're seeking that. And God says, if we shift your attention to how we live, then in the living the way that Father wants us to live, He'll give us the things that He wants us to do. And this is a shift of focus. I really believe I'm speaking prophetically, not only for you as a people, individuals, but you as a church, but for the body of Christ. I don't believe it's just for this year. I believe it's for this year, this decade. Never underestimate the start of a new year, the start of a new decade, the start of a new season. God is a God of seasons. He's a God of times, opportune times, appointed times, times and season. For everything, there is a time, there is a season. And there is a shift coming in your spirit. And I promise you one thing. Thing in the next little while that we've got together, I'm going to do one thing. I am going to proclaim truth. That is what I'm going to do this morning. I'm not going to tickle your ears. In fact, some of the things I say might not tickle your ears, but that's okay. Uh, I don't know what I'm about to say till we say it, but that's all good. We're going for a walk with Father. But we're going to proclaim truth because you know the truth. The truth will set you free. There is a shift coming for many of us today, I feel, in my spirit right now from what we want to hear to what God wants to say. That is what the shift needs to happen. It is not what I want to hear. Some of us come today. Some of us wake up in the morning and we want to hear what we want to hear. We want to see what we want to see. No, I want to hear what God wants to say and I want to see what God wants to show me. And there can be a big difference some of you were in the first service and uh, I just want to encourage if you weren't to get the recording of that I feel father's leaning me a different direction in the second one but I will touch on it uh, I will touch on it because he's told me that if we live with these in light of these two statements I'm about to make and I'm going to lean into the second one are you all good are you relaxed are you with me are you, are you willing to have a conversation with me Conversation, Don, is two-way thing, so talk to me, brother. All good? We're, we're, that's it? 
Wonderful. You don't need to know what God wants you to do this year, next year, or in 10 years. If you live with a focus on these two things I'm about to say. I've committed my life to it. I've committed this year afresh to it. And I'm inviting you to commit yourself to it this year. And here's the two statements. We don't need to know God's worked out plan. This is what God said to me. You don't need to work it out. You need to walk it out. You don't need to work it all out. We need to walk it out. And here's how we walk it out. These two focus. Being led by the Holy Spirit. I talked to you about that in the first service. You don't have to understand everything if you're being led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to work out your day if you're being led by the Holy Spirit. You can go into board meetings, businessmen, businesswomen. You can go into board meetings with the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you who says, if you lack wisdom, ask me. I'll give you wisdom. You don't have to work it out. You can walk it out with a God who is a God of all wisdom. And you can say, Father, right now we need a solution. It's a practical need. It's a business. But you have planted me here for a reason. Let your wisdom flow. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And so we really spoke in the first session about lordship, settle the lordship issue. It's not being led by self, led by my desire. We talked about the fact that even Jesus, we need to understand this. He said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, 42, uh, if it's possible, would you remove this cup from me, this cup of suffering going to the cross? He didn't want to do that. He said, yet not what I want what you want, which shows us right there that there was a time when Jesus had a different desire to his father. If he didn't have a different desire, he wouldn't have said, not what I want, what you want. You don't say, not what I want, Steve. Well, I don't say to my wife, okay, not what I want. I want to do what you want if it's different, if it's the same rather, because we're in agreement. We both want the same thing. Let's do it. But there comes a time where Sally wants to do something and I want to do something. I go, okay, well, let's do it your way right now. This is what Jesus did with his father. He had a different will. And sometimes our focus is trying, oh. <laughs> sometimes our focus is trying to eradicate the fact that we have a different desire to father rather than just submit that desire. We are getting stuck on the fact, how could I think differently to God? How could I want that? And God wants this. And what we try to do is change the desire. God says, don't change it, just submit it. In the continual submitting of a different desire over time, Father will change the desire. Does it make sense what I just said or not? Jesus said, not what I want, what you want. Physically, naturally, as a man, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to just put myself in this place where it's going to cost so dearly. You need to know that if you want to follow Jesus, he said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. If you are a true follower of Jesus Christ and everything that, mm, God help me right now. If everything you do as a Christian if you say you're following God and everything you do, you want to do, then you're not following God. As a Christian, 
if every day, everything you do, you just want to do, as in that you say, God wants me to do this, I want to do it, then it's not fully following God. If there is not an opportunity to submit a different will than God's will, then it's not God. I'm not saying all the time. I love doing this. I, I love what I'm doing. I love being up here. But there's plenty of times in my day and in my week and in your day and your week where I know that what I want to do in a conversation, come on, the things I want to say to that person, come on, can I, are different to what God wants. And don't fight the fact that you want to say it. Just don't say it. Don't beat yourself up because you want to throttle that person. Listen to me. Don't beat yourself up. Just don't throttle them. Don't try to change the fact that you have a different desire. Just say no to that desire and yes to God. A surrendering of the will is actually honoring Father. Not the absence of the will, but a surrendering of the will. Can I tell you one of the wonderful things? <laughs> I'm really happy right now. I'm seriously happy because I'm just speaking the truth to you, okay? Right now, I am being led by the Holy Spirit. Because some of the stuff that I'm saying right now, I'm going, well, this is just gold, Father. I'm not putting myself out. I'm thanking Father. I'm not having... I'm not working out what I'm going to say before I came. I'm walking this out right now with Father. And I want to tell you, it takes the enjoyment level to a whole new level. Because you're as amazed as the next person with some of the things that come out of your mouth by the Spirit of the living God. It's almost like God knows what He's doing better than I know what I'm doing. It's almost like God knows what you need better than I know what you need. It's almost like God knows what you need better than you know what you need. And he says, if you keep in step with me, man, you, woo! So the first thing is being led by the Holy Spirit. That was a summary of the last session, which was not really the last session, was it? <laughs> Lordship. Surrendering of your will. Don't focus on eradication of your will. That's a word of freedom for some people. You are stuck. Oh, come on. I'm trying to move on to the next point, but, but God keeps on speaking. Who would have thought? Some of you are stuck, defeated, almost derailed, not because you are doing the wrong thing, but because you have stumbled over the fact that you had a desire to do the wrong thing. Many of us, our problem is not that we have moments of doing the wrong thing, but we, th we think, why, why do I still even want to do that? Does that make sense? We're getting struggled. I mean, I'm a, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I love God. Why do I still want to do that? It's not just that we, 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 we stumbled, but why would I even have that thought or that feeling? 
And I feel the Spirit of God wanting to yell into our spirits right now that we need to set ourselves free by the Spirit of God. Allow Him to set us free by stop fixating that you had a different will to God's will when Jesus Christ had a different will to God's will. But He surrendered it and He fulfilled and He was sinless. The fact that you have a different will is not coming from in you. Stop misdiagnosing. You are a new creation. You have the DNA of God, you have the mind of Christ, you have the character of God, but there's called fiery darts of the enemy is external coming against you, you think it's internal coming from you. Shield of faith from the fiery darts that come against you. Come on. Are you I'm trying to keep up, Father. I'm doing my best. Are you, in Christ, your legal standing, in Christ, are we in the same place, legally, spiritually, in Christ, as Adam and Eve were when God created them in his image before they sinned? There's a whole bunch of times where people go, I don't know the answer to that one. Yes, we are. So the Bible says it, Galatians 2.22. Do you not, 2.20, we are a new creation in Christ. New creation, recreated, brand new. The old is gone, new has come. He's Jesus. We're positioned in Christ. We are perfect in Christ. We're not perfect, but we're perfect in Christ, and Christ is in us. Are you with me, Theola? Can I push this a little bit? Can we lean in? So understand this. Understand this. In Christ, we are like Adam and Eve before they sinned. The devil, they were not tempted from within. They were tempted by an external voice speaking to them. When you are tempted to sin, if you are in Christ, it's not from within. It is external speaking to you, coming against you. So stop saying, I am that. How could I be that? You are not that. You are a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are blameless. You are holy. You're acceptable. Otherwise, he would not say, you can come boldly before my throne of grace. Because if you're not perfect, listen, then you will be burnt up. But you are perfect because you're in Christ. Not that you are, but he is and he's in you. And you no longer live. Christ lives in you. But that's not what I feel. That's not my experience. We got to stop living our lives by how we feel and by our experience. I'm talking to myself, Kathy, as much as I am to you. True or not true? If, if there's a wrestle going on in the inside of some of you right now, which there is, that's okay. I'm speaking spirit to spirit. This is about the truth. And if you know and accept and hold on to the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen. I want to lean in and transition. Are, are we good? 
I, I don't feel like I'm dishing up little nibbles and entrees right now. We're just diving in pretty deep. Is this cool? Because uh, life's too precious. You're too precious. God's too wonderful. That's being led by the Holy Spirit is about lordship. But taking care of what God owns is about ownership and stewardship. If you live with a focus every day, God, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to take care of what you own. Then you will do what God has called you to do. And you will get to the end of your days and hear, well done. I got I to gotta lean in and push into this for a little bit. I knew what time the first service finished. I don't know what time the second service finished. And I don't care. I'm not asking because then I'll have to obey what they say. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And you're too important for me to just rush and just, I'm not going to do that. Ownership or stewardship. What view do you have of your life? Ownership or stewardship. Taking care of stewardship. The statement God gave me is taking care of what God owns. The Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 1 that the earth is the greenies. The earth is yours. Do whatever the heck you want with it. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, everything in it. The world and everyone that lives in it belongs to God. Psalm 24. We're created by God, for God can I hear an amen to that. And so I want to lean into Father lead us right now. I think I'm about to say a, a few things that are going to challenge some ways of thinking, but I want you to lean in and I want you to receive it spirit to spirit. We ready, Kenny? We're going to receive this spirit to spirit. Taking care of what God owns, the earth is the Lord's, everything in it belongs to him. Amen? And this is what Father said, two statements. Father, help me. God expects a return on what he owns. Think about the parable of the talents. How many people know the story of the parable of the talents? Rich man gave one five talents and went away. Gave another man two talents and went away. Another person one talent and went away. When he came back, he said, what have you done with what I gave you? What have you done with what I gave you? I believe the Spirit of God would say to you today, to me today, right now, what have you done with what I've given you? Some of us say, God hasn't given me anything. Incorrect. Incorrect. He gave you breath. What have you done with it? You're alive because he's given you life. What have you done with it? Let's lean in a little bit further. God wants a return on what he owns. When this man came back, he said, what have you done with what I have given you? The man who had five talents came and said, here, I put it to work. I did something with it. And here is five more. Here is ten. He says, well done. I need you to hear what the Spirit is saying. He said to the man with two, what did you do? He said, I took the two 
and here you go. I have got two more. Here is four. And he said, well done. He said to the one with one talent, what have you done? He said, in essence, I was scared. So I did nothing. I was afraid. So I did nothing. And there was a re rebuke because fear stopped him from doing something with what the master had given. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind. I don't know if I'm going to get this quote quite right because it's just coming to me now, but isn't there a quote, something along the lines of courage is not the absence of fear, but the overcoming of it? Isn't that a, courage is not the absence. Again, think about what I said about the desires. We want the, we want no, no desires different to God. It's not that you have a different desire to God. It's that we say no to that, we overcome it. It's not about living life without any fear. It's about not allowing the fear to actually stop us from stepping in and actually taking care of what God owns. Taking care of what God owns is God wants a return on what he has given. God wants a return. God wants a return on what he has given. Life is not the... Let me... Life is not about an absence of doing bad things. Life is not about an absence of doing bad things. I fly, travel all the time. So I have many conversations with people and inevitably they ask, what do you do? Which is a great opening right there, I can tell you right now. But in the conversations, you know how many times I've heard um, I'm a good, I'm, I think I'm a good person from people. I'm okay because I'm a good person. What they're saying is not just that they do good things, but they're focused because they say it, they start to talk. I don't do this, this, and this. Life is not about the absence of bad decisions. Where you are with God is not based on what you don't do. It is based on what you do do. Uh, this Spirit of God wants to take this a little bit deeper because this is all about ownership or taking care. Ownership or taking care. As you think about your week and moving forward, I pray that you won't think that the success of the week is if you don't do the bad things that you know you shouldn't do. That is not the success of your week. Is it, do you do the things that God has asked you to do? Which can only be discovered by being in step with the Spirit, which comes from asking and listening. But again, I just feel deeply in my spirit, we've got to settle the ownership issue. I'm talking to myself, Brett, as much as I am to any one of us. God is challenging me, challenging me, challenging me, challenging me. It's that I own nothing. He owns everything. 
He owns the cattle on a thousand hill, the wealth in every mind. Everything. He owns the, the world and all that are in it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that you are the dwelling place, Steve, of the Holy Spirit? He lives in you. You've received him from God. You're not your own, Steve. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself because you have been bought with a price. Come on. The reason I have the, the house that I have, that my house is my house because I paid a price for it so I don't care if anyone comes and says no but it's mine it's mine no I have the title deed I paid a price my life has been paid with a price the title deed is the blood of Jesus Christ I do not belong to me and you don't belong to me, to you. And I am actually talking to those that are saved or unsaved. It's just that one acknowledges, the other doesn't acknowledge. But we all belong to God. Ownership. Ownership versus stewardship. So let me lean into just a a few things to, to take this deeper. So it's about God expects a return. It's not just the absence of bad things. It's actually about doing what God wants me to do with what he has given me. Are you with me? He's given me this life. I need to take care of it. I don't own it. I take care of it. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Are you with me, church? So return. But the second thing is it's all for the glory of God. Taking care of what God's owned, he expects a return, and he wants us to take care of it all for the glory of God, not for the furtherance of ourselves. We use language all the time. What are you doing with what are you doing today? What's your plans? You know, what do you want to do with your life? And what are you doing in free time? Can, can, can we lean in just for a little bit longer? Is that okay? I got to, we got to settle this ownership issue. What God has given us is for His glory. Can I hear an amen? Let me say it again. Let it go into your spirit. What God has given us is for His glory. What God has given us is for His glory. Time is a gift given by God to be used for His glory. Time, time, time. I'm talking seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, months, years, decades, lifetimes. Is a gift given from God to be used for His glory. God created time, Genesis 1. It is something He gave us as a gift. And yet we use language like, what did you do in your free time? Your time, your free time. There is no such thing as your time or my time. It is God's time. There's no such thing as free time. It's a gift that was given. We talk about what do you do in your spare time? I just need you to hear me. You don't, have, you don't have time, full stop. God has time, and it's a gift that we get to live for His glory. No man knows the days or the hour of the second coming of Christ, but no one knows how long we're going to be here for. You don't know how long we're going to be here for. Everyone thinks they've got more time than we have. 
But here is the thing I'm trying to land on today. And let me just talk to myself and feel free to listen in. Stephen McCracken, time. I've given you time. Right now, you've got time. Are you using it for God's glory or for your own benefit? Do you walk through life saying, what are you going to do tomorrow in your free time? No, do you know what? I, I want to be as led by the Holy Spirit tomorrow on my day off as I am right now doing the will of God. Because then I am the same person and the same Christ that's in me now is in me then. And He has not given me free time. He has given, he has given me a gift of time to rest because He says, honour the Sabbath. But that itself is a gift. It's not my time. And it is equally not my choice to override and ignore His instruction to honour a day of rest, a use of His gift of time. Many people are where they are today in a negative way because they dishonor the gift of time and use it as they want and then want God to bless their choices, including working seven days a week continuously. I don't need a rest. I don't need a rest. God says, yes, you do. Honor it. He said, I made it holy, but you're treating it as unholy because you think it's your time for you to do with what you want. I don't have spare time, I don't have free time, I don't have my time. What do you do in your time? I don't have time. God has time. God, what do you want me to do? I'm serious. I'm being deadly serious right now. This is a shift of mindset. If we live the next year, the next decade, the rest of our lives going, Father, what do you want me to do right now? You might say, well, no, no, no. He, he wants you to get on with you. Like he doesn't want you to bother him about every little thing. Again, I hear this. I was going to say crappy language, but this, 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 this wrong language. In all your ways, acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. Why? Because it's his path that I get invited on. I'm not inviting him onto my path. It's his time that he says, use it for my glory. It's not my time that I ask him to bless for my benefit or furtherance. You don't have, it's not your job. It's your, it is God's placement of you in a position for a reason and a purpose. God placed people all through the Bible in places for a purpose. And when they recognized that they were being led by God and they were taking care of what God owned, I want to tell you, people brought people out of slavery and saved nations. And you got your Esthers and your Josephs and your Daniels and your Davids and your Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, your Paul, your Peter, your Timothy, your Jesus. And we go, yay, yay, yay. But they were led by the Holy Spirit and they took care of what God had owned. And they lived as if their life was not their own because it's not. Time is a gift. We talk about doing something that's like, wasted time, spare time, free time, my time. It's God's time. Ownership versus stewardship. And like I said in the first service, he's really challenging me on this. Recently, that sometimes I don't ask him <laughs> what he wants me to do because I want to do a certain thing and I know he might ask me to do something different than what I want to do. And so I don't ask him so that I'm not disobeying <laughs> if he speaks to me, which he does, because he says, ask and I'll give you wisdom. Many of us say God never speaks to me, but we don't ask him to speak. 
You want him to invade. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him on everything. Everything? Everything. Because you don't own anything. Job put it this way. I came out of my mother's womb naked. I'll go back naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord because that's what it's all about. The Lord. Time. Everyone say time. People say, what are you going to do this afternoon? How about we ask God? Again, do you mind if I just push in a little bit more? Some of you say yes, some of you say please don't. I know that I know that I know that God's desire for me is better than my desire for myself, and he's always for me, not against me. Do you believe that? We, we say things, a lot of things that we really don't believe if you look at the evidence of our decisions. I believe with all my heart that God's will is best for my life and beats my will. Does anyone believe that just on a surface level? If you do, pull out your hand really high. That God, if the God who created you and loves you. Okay, so when we come to this afternoon, what would happen if we say, Father, what do you want me to do right now? And the first thing that comes in your mind that's not against the word of God, that are you willing to say, okay, I'll do that because this is your gift of time. See, some of us want to sit down and watch the TV. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. I love doing it. Some of you want to go for a bike ride. Is there anything wrong with that? No, absolutely not. Some of you might want to mow the lawns or might not want to mow the lawns, and they need mowing the lawns. We have things that we want to do, and we just default to doing them. But I wonder if we're missing out on some deep golden opportunities sent from Father for him and I to go deeper and for him to continue to do this wonderful work in me and through me if I'd only but ask him, what do you want me to do? We think, I need to do this to rest. God knows what you need to do to rest more than you need to know what you do. You know, I've discovered this over recent weeks. We've been on sabbatical and I, I used to love sitting down and just watching a whole bunch of YouTube things and just things that are just fun things, but funniest videos or, you know, Britain's Got Talent or you might not like that stuff, but just to sit down and, but I'd sit down and then I'd get absorbed in it because I just felt I needed to rest. And an hour later I'd finish and I hadn't done anything, but I really didn't feel any different or any better. And I realized, what would happen? I said, Father, what do you want me to do? And he says, hey, why don't you pick up that Reinhardt Bonke book and have a bit of read? I'm thinking, but I want to switch off and rest. But when I did what he said, something started to stir on the inside. I started to feel refreshed. I started to feel Father's smile. And I thought, oh, wow, he actually knows what I need better than I know what I need. And maybe at times I confuse rest and relaxation and call relaxation rest. When rest is something God gives and relaxation is something God do, and often relaxation is to stop doing something, whereas rest is actually about stepping into something and it's into him and what he's got. Don't ask me to repeat that because I have no idea what I just said. Just receive it and be blessed. Are you getting anything from this? Time is a gift from God. 
given by God to us to be used for his glory. I actually think with all my heart that is the number one, the main thing Father wants all of us to take away. I'm going to quickly mention a couple other things, but I, I feel in my spirit, I felt it in worship. That's the main thing, Paul. Time is a gift. No more thinking, I've got free time, I've got spare time. What are you doing? What do you want to do? About, Father, what do you want me to do? I dare you. I dare you to join me on this very uncomfortable journey that is smothered with the peace, the kindness, the goodness, the grace of God. From a God who is love and who knows me better than I know myself, that when I actually ask him and I listen and I say yes, I always end up in greener pastures than the pastures that are than the path that I would often choose. Amen. Talents are a gift given by God to us to be used for his glory. When I say talents, I'm talking talents, gifts, abilities. You know, people say, you're, you're, man, you're so good at this. That is a gift given by God to be used for his glory. There needs to come a shift that we think this is me and I own this. To This is something God has given. Now I want to use it for his glory. If you have got a mind that can work things out, it is not so that you can be an engineer and, and get the incredible money and make a career for yourself and fix things as the primary reason. Is that what God might want you to do? 100%. But it is not for your benefit. It is not for your paycheck. It is not to help others. It is for the glory of God. So if your structured, analytical mind that opens the door to great opportunities is a gift from God, I want to challenge you, don't use that gift to become a barrier to the deeper things of God and levels and steps of faith because we rely upon the gift He gave rather than the God that says, take some steps of faith. But hang on, you've given me this mind. I've got to work it out. He says, no, you've got to walk it out. It's an invitation. It's not a denying of the gift. It's just not a supremacy of the gift. Your talents are not what define you. Your God is what defines you. Some of you pride yourself on the fact that you've never made a plan in your entire life. And everyone that does annoys the snot out of you. And you pride yourself on that. I just go with the flow. I'm a free spirit. No, you're a child of the living God. And that is a wonderful blessing that you can just go with the flow. But sometimes God tells us to order our steps. Sometimes he says, I actually want to give you a bit of a plan, but that's not me. I want to know if you are reliant upon the fact that you don't need it or are you reliant upon me? And don't just think of the ones that are analytical instructions say, yeah, they need to free up. Some of us free people need to get a bit of a plan and a purpose and say, I'm going to set aside time to be with God because I say I just float through, but I never end up spending time with God because I've got no plan or no purpose. So don't look at them and say they need a change. We all need need to change and we all need to submit to the Lordship of Christ and the ownership that we own nothing. He owns everything and it's for His glory. 
Some of you glad we only come once or twice a year. Communication is a gift given by God to us to be used for His glory. Communication in all its forms is a gift. And so I want to encourage us, are we using the gift of communication for the glory of God or to win that argument, to get our point, to sign that deal? Come on. To get them to make this decision. Let's be real honest with ourselves. Sometimes I use my communication to get what I want, not for the glory of God. I'm being honest with you. Is anyone else willing to be honest right now? Communication, think about it, is a gift given by God to be used for His glory. Some of us are using the gift of communication and we are destroying lives. God says, stop it. It is a gift. Stop mishandling the gift. You don't own. Some of us pride ourselves that, man, I can go, I can, I can turn any conversation around. I can win any argument. Like that is the highest. No, He gave you the gift of communication to love Him, to love other people. I don't care how many arguments you win. The Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. I don't care if you've got the greatest gift of prophecy. I don't care if you can work all the miracles in the world. I don't even care if you give down your body to be burned and to lay down your life, but you do it with a selfish motivation on any level. If you don't have love, you are nothing. You are nothing. You are nothing. And some of us are winning arguments, but we've lost our soul. And it is time to use the gift of communication for the glory of God. People are a gift given by God, not to be used by us for the glory of God, but to be loved by us for the glory of God. People are not there to serve your purpose, to fulfill your plan, to meet your budget, to grow your business. They are people that are given by God into your world to be loved, into the kingdom of God. We got to stop using people for our advancement. It's about loving people for kingdom advancement. Here's one that's a challenge to me. Physically, my body is a gift given by God to be used for the glory of God, to house the presence of God, and to distribute the glory of God. God owns this. I need to think about that with the way I live my life. I think there's been too many men and women of God that have got, their life has been prematurely cut short because they've neglected the physical. And God says, I actually had more for you to do, but you didn't take care of what I owns. We need to take care of what God owns for His glory. And the last thing here is this, calling. Calling is a gift given by God for the glory of God. You might say, oh, I don't have a calling like you, Steve. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Your calling might be 
to serve in a school. It might be to serve in a field somewhere. You're called by God. Jesus put it this way in John. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I called you. And I love what it says about Paul. He said it this way, called according to his purpose. Come on. You know what Romans 8.28 says? And all things he works together for good, for the good of love, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not according to my purpose. You've got a calling. It's to be a friend of God. It's to love people. It's to be ones who live being in step with the Holy Spirit and taking care of what God owns. Jesus said in John 17, 4, I have brought you glory, Father, by finishing the work you gave me to do. By finishing the work. You can't finish the work that God has given you to do. I can't finish the work that God has given me to do if I'm not being led by the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. And if I'm not taking care of what God owns. And that's where what I focused on in the second meeting, taking care of what God owns. Ownership versus stewardship. I don't own anything. God owns it. I want to take care of it. And don't forget that about your time this afternoon. Okay? Father, what do you want me to do? If your normal routine is X, Y, Z, ask Him. And if He whispers something, it might be call someone. It might be catch up with someone. It might be, why don't you read that book? Why don't you... Why don't you just come for a little walk and talk to me? Don't think, but I just need a rest right now. That is rest. Let's let God realign us. Let the truth set us free. God knows what we need better than we know what we need. Amen. So let's bring in glory by finishing what He gave us to do. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by God's Spirit, says the Lord. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, you are wonderful. Scripture comes to my mind, Father, which is your Spirit just bringing it back to my remembrance now that a loving Father corrects, disciplines, redirects those that He loves. And Father, for many of us, myself included, today has been a a redirection, a correction. But it's not to make us good, it's because You love us. As you're listening to me pray this right now, every person, you need to hear what I just said. The Bible says He corrects those He loves. He doesn't correct us so that we are good. He corrects us because He loves us, because He knows what's best. And correction is not a harsh rebuke. It's just a realignment of course so that we can live and walk under the favor and the blessing and the smile of God. And we say thank you, God, for loving us enough to redirect us away from what will harm us and keep us from your goodness. And we just say yes in our spirits and out of our mouths, Father, that we want to be the ones that are being led by the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. Come on, if this is you, I just want you agreeing out of your mouth right now that, God, we are going to ask you, what do you want me to do next? And we're going to listen and we're going to do it. Lord, if we need wisdom, we're going to ask you knowing that you will give it. 
But Lord, we will not just ask you this when we want something. Lord, we want to live this way. We want to live constantly being led by the Holy Spirit. It's being led. It's not that I just, it's not a moment of time. It's a way of living, being led by the Spirit of the living God. Lord, I we pray right now, God, that you'll help us to go deeper and deeper in your Word where we have encounters with you, saturation with you, so that you can lead us and bring things back to remembrance and guide us and direct us as we are going we want to be led Lord we want to be led almighty God we don't want to have a moment with you in the morning and then do life by ourselves we want to keep in step moment by moment by moment but we incline our ear and we ask you lead us lead us lead us Holy Spirit and today Lord we just say we want to take care of what you own and that's everything in our lives and in this world. Lord, we want to take care of it. If it's from you and it's a gift, may it be for your glory. Lord, right now in this place, I just feel by the Spirit, Lord, may every one of us use your gift of time for your glory. Lord, every moment of every day for your glory, in our work for your glory, in our rest for your glory, when we don't have anything that is demanding of us for your glory. Every communication for your glory, oh God. And as we are going, keep on leading us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone's heart that is postured towards God and has a yes in your spirit says amen, amen. If when I'm saying this, you think that's just too hard, that's not me. Can I just say, yes, it is too hard, and that's why we need Him. It's not easy on me. It's not easy on your pastors. It's not easy on the person on the left or on the right. That is one of the lies the enemy uses to justify us not stepping forward. I want to remove that barrier. It is impossible for us to do this by ourselves, but we're not by ourselves. We have the Spirit of the living God, and when we are weak, He is strong, and His grace is made perfect in our weakness. Let's do this together and encourage each other in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.